0: If you're a journalist who uses the tool Help a Reporter Out, or Harrow, listen up. Harrow is moving to Cision's new app, Connectively. But what is Connectively? Well, imagine a place where you can quickly connect with expert sources for your next story. Connectively is a new app from Cision that's changing the way journalists like us, content creators, experts and PRs work together. So if you're in search of credible sources, Connectively is your next stop. With just a click, you can publish your queries. These go straight to a feed where experts from loads of different backgrounds can respond, giving you their expertise. So go on. Visit connectively.us to sign up for free. That's C O N N E C T I V E L Y.us. Connectively.us. connectively.us. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Freelancing for Journalists. I'm Anna Wilkinson and I'm Lily Cantor. And welcome back to
1: our final series of 2023. In fact, you might have listened to this in the very early stages of 2024. Um, And this series is all about specialism. So we're talking to journalists who are working in different uh, niches, different areas of journalism about what their working lives look like. Um, But first, before we get to our guest for this week, let's chat about our highlight of the week. Lily, what's yours?
0: Yes. um, So mine actually relates to the newsletter that went out this week. Obviously, for listeners, that will have been a while ago. It was, uh, I think, our last newsletter of November where I had a pitching blackout. I decided not to pitch for a month because I needed to get my head down on other stuff. Um, And I had wondered if any editors would come to me. You know, in hope, thinking, oh, if I go quiet, they're going to come to me. And I hadn't heard anything. And then today, I actually got an editor get in contact to say, you know, we've all been manic with Black Friday. That's now out the way. Can you do these two pieces for me in the next couple of weeks? So that was quite nice. And it's also an editor I've not done a huge amount for. So I'm hoping that will be the start of um, more commissions. And I also negotiated more money because. I know he's paid me more in the past and he's he was going back to like his base level offer. So I've I've bumped him up. Um, so we've agreed on a higher rate now. So that's all good. So, yeah, it, it's nice. Uh, you know, I didn't pitch for a month and yet I've still got some work coming in. So that was mine. How about you, Emma? That's, yeah, that's good. That's good. It, it paid off in the end. Um. so mine is. Um,
1: I'm trying something a little bit different. There is um, a story in health at the moment. I won't go into details, but I really want to kind of cover and do more on. Um, And instead of like normally just pitching like a general idea, which is what I normally do because I know all my editors and I can sort of go to them with a vague thing. um, I have got in touch with um, a team of doctors and public health doctors and GPs in Sheffield who I know are working on this and set up an interview with them next week to get more detail and get that kind of deep dive and get the story before I pitch it. I'm even considering doing it for a local publication, which I don't normally do. And I I think there might be kind of more angles in it, but this isn't usually the way around I work. Normally I would pitch before going to the, Mm. but I just feel like I need more details on what exactly it is that they're doing, but they all immediately said, and it's kind of contacts that I've had over a long time, they all immediately said yes, and so we set up a Zoom for next week. So that part went really smoothly. So let's touch wood. Yeah. Let's hope that this different approach actually pays off in the long run. Watch this space, I'll let you know.
0: Yeah. And it sounds like you're all fired up, ready to do something different. And um it's always nice to change things up. So when it's something that I think you really care about, yeah. And you're really interested in. I think that just,
1: it just gives you that extra bit of drive, doesn't it?
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Great. Right. Now it's time to introduce our guest this week. Today we have with us music journalist Arusa Qureshi, who has written for The Guardian, Enemy, Time Out and The Scotsman, amongst others. Arusha is based in Scotland and is the current editor of Fest magazine, covering the best of the Edinburgh festivals. She's also written a book called Flip the Script and has recently taken on the role of music programmer manager at Summer Hall. Hi guys, thanks for having me. Hello
1: Arusha, this is a very
0: exciting and eclectic CV,
1: there's lots to talk about within there. Um, can you sort of kick us off by telling us a bit more about you, what you do and, and how you got into music journalism? Yeah, of course.
2: So um, as you said, I'm I'm a writer and editor and I'm based in Edinburgh and I have a particular focus on music, um, but I write a lot and, and research a lot about things to do with diversity um, and accessibility, particularly in arts and culture. Um, I used to be the editor of a magazine here in Edinburgh um, that has been around since the '80s. Um, then when COVID struck, uh, the company went in a different direction, as many did, and a lot of us were let go, sadly. So that was the point at which I became a freelancer. Um, so it wasn't really necessarily out choice. It was it happened because I lost my job. Um, but ever since I became, I've become freelance. Um, I've done so many. Great things and it's worked out really well. Touchwood, everything has gone well, and I've had a really good time doing it. So, um, I've done all kinds of things like writing for publications like the Enemy, the Guardian, um, the Quietus, and the Skinny, and, and more. Um, I've done some radio work. Um, I worked on a BBC podcast for a little while, um, and as you mentioned earlier, I wrote a book which is about women in UK hip hop, and it's called uh, Put the Script. Um, I'm also the editor of Fest Magazine, which covers the um, Edinburgh Festivals. Uh, every august and just as of about a month ago i became the music program manager at summer hall which is very new but it's going well (laughs) it's going well
0: that's great and like you say it's being able to do those different things and quite and sometimes not quite knowing what what's next like what what's your next challenge going to be or kind of what line of work is freelancing going to take you down um and am I right in thinking that you don't just write about music, that you also sort of cover film and arts, uh, film arts and culture more broadly?
2: Yeah, definitely. So I would say music is my focus. That's what I like to write about. But um, I say I, I say I write quite a lot about the arts in, in Scotland specifically, um, especially during the summer months in my role at, um, at Fest. So we cover genres from comedy to dance, um, basically everything that comes to the Edinburgh festivals in August. And I think arts festivals like the Fringe, like the International Festival, they're a really good way to cover the arts and culture more generally. Um, But I'd say for anyone that's kind of looking to, you know, write and write broadly about different genres. Sadly, there are less and less opportunities um, in terms of festival coverage. Because budgets have been cut so badly. Um, I know that just specifically in terms of the, the media landscape during the fringe here in Edinburgh, it's very different to how it was pre-COVID. Um, and I'm also really conscious that these kind of environments can be really perfect for exploitation. And so I always have tell my own writers that are on my team, but also others that are working around Edinburgh just to, you know, be really weary and reject, you know, poor working conditions um and just be really conscious that it's it's a, it can be a really easy time to get manipulated
1: yeah that's really important and i think as well you i mean we've come across kind of freelance journalists starting out who are perhaps doing like music reviews and kind of arts things and doing it for free for publications yeah. and it's really easy to get stuck in that world exactly um i think and then and kind of not make that leap yeah. um i mean Obviously, you've been working for freelance uh, as a freelancer for quite a while. What do you wish you'd known when you started? What advice do you wish you could give to yourself for starting out?
2: I think it's definitely a, a bit of an ongoing battle, and I'm sure a lot of freelancers probably say this too, but um, I wish I knew that it was okay to say no to things and I didn't have to jump at every opportunity because I was scared that you know, I wouldn't come back. Um, and I, I know lots of freelancer friends, will say they have the same worries and they you know have the same issues and it's that whole kind of getting work-life balance thing right that I know you know it takes a long time and I'm I'm definitely still working on it I'm not there but I think when I started I really wish I was a bit kinder to myself in general in terms of you know not putting so much pressure on getting it perfectly right.
0: Yeah that's really important and I always try and say that it's about a life-work balance rather than a work-life balance. So it's trying to, trying to flip it on its head and use the advantage of being freelance to yeah. kind of you know do the things that you want to do and prioritise them. And that could be stuff that you want to do in your work, but um, rather than work kind of being central to everything you do. And like with that in mind, if you're doing these various different roles, How does that work sort of logistically and and planning wise do you segment your week in a certain way or are you juggling multiple things at the same time? Uh, Definitely juggling (laughs) I'd say I haven't got it the exact science down yet Um, but I
2: I think being a freelancer just generally at any time it can be quite precarious I think right now is very precarious I know a lot of people have lost work even myself as of you know like a month ago I've lost kind of long-term contracts just because of budget cuts um I think that juggling things is kind of you do it out of necessity because you have to um you have it's just good to have so many different income streams in case one of them suddenly disappears which sadly right now is very likely because of everything that's going on um but I kind of weirdly enjoy it as well because it means I can do so many different things and it kind of feels like my work never gets boring, I never get tired of the things I'm doing because you know if I if I don't want to work on one particular thing it's fine I've got this other thing that I can focus on until I get bored of that and come back um, and it's not easy at all and especially with my new job that I just started recently having to kind of fit in all the kind of freelance writing and journalism and stuff that I do around that has been quite tricky but I think it just takes a bit of practice and a bit of time.
1: Yeah, I mean I was making this point on social media last week I think and I was there was sort of more rounds of redundancies and I think there'd been a, an article in the press gazette about a regional newspaper reporter who decided to go freelance after his third like redundancy round in you know in the year and actually while as freelancers we're subject to those pressures too and budgets can disappear and we've all kind of had that experience actually by spreading that across lots of different things that you do you're actually a bit more it can feel like you're a bit more protected than just being in a job where if that you know rug gets pulled out from under your feet there's nothing else do you find that that the proportion the types of things you do changes through the year does that kind of really fluctuate
2: yeah definitely um and that's kind of partly out of choice as well because um yeah I like to keep things to keep the variety but for example, like I said earlier, um, Fest, that's happened exclusively, exclusively over the summer. So I know over the summer months I'll be doing a lot of, you know, editing, reviewing, writing. Um, whereas maybe earlier in the year I might be working on kind of other bits that are not really necessarily writing related, but it could be more, you know, uh, radio stuff or curation or something else. But um, yeah, I, I, it's that whole thing of having a what people call like portfolio career. and It's a really annoying term, I know, but... I think it's for me as as a, as a freelancer. It's the only way I feel like I can make it work, um, and not feel so anxious all the time by ha- having lots of different things that I know are coming up or I have on the go.
0: Yeah, it's a it's a safe strategy to do that, to you know, not have all your eggs in one basket. So, when it comes to music journalism, then for sort of our listeners that are perhaps wanting to get into this sort of specialism. What would your advice be? Because I would have thought it's quite tricky and it's not just about reviewing gigs. There must be so, you know, many more different elements to it and kind of niches within it. So kind of where do you start?
2: So I always tell people that are interested in music journalism generally to read as much criticism as you can. And that, of course, applies to other fields as well. But in music journalism, I think it's really important to read criticism that you don't necessarily agree with as well so whether that's reviews or whether that's features whatever about maybe an album that you really like but this part that other person hasn't liked I think it's really important to to read and understand why people have certain criticisms um I'd also say it's good to practice as much as you can so when I first started out when I was like a teenager I would write in like journals and like online blogs all the time that was just for me just to practice and it's not really about constantly having to share that, but just working on it for yourself um, as a place, place to practice. And you know, if some, sometimes great ideas can come, come about that way and then you can actually build them and work on them. Um, and relating to what I was saying earlier about the kind of portfolio career thing, um, just be open to all experiences. So even if it's not in your specific kind of music genre or field, be open to writing about different genres and different like formats because you never know when you might find your niche in a particular genre that you just never thought in a million years that you would. You might end up being the expert in that genre that people come to. Um and it it can just be like a really useful exercise I guess to to be able to cover different genres. Um and then the last thing I think I always always say to every journalist that's starting out is that it's whether whether you're you know, working on your own blog or your publication or someone else's, it's, it's fine if you're building up a portfolio and that's great, but w- whatever you do, don't work for free for really long periods. It's really important to know your worth and make sure that you get paid for the work that you do. Um, I think it's never okay to exploit particularly young journalists. Um, so I always say to people that, you know, do as much free writing as you need to do to build up a, a solid portfolio that you can use but don't fall into that trap of it just becoming the norm.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think I think that's one thing that we as experienced freelancers try and push all the time because it comes. It, there's a lot of um, uh, kind of lack of confidence, I suppose, of like oh, I don't know if I'm good at a place yet where I deserve to get paid. It's like your stuff's being published; you deserve to get paid. End of story. Um, I'm interested in, because you've written for so many different places, I'm interested in terms of how you get that work. So how much of your writing work, for example, comes from you pitching ideas or saying, "I'm, you know, I'm going to this gig or are you kind of going to stuff first and having a look at it or coming, you know, or editors coming to you kind of what, how does, how does that work? And does that change over time as you become more experienced as well? Um, I say that I, I don't
2: do much pitching at the moment at all. Only because I'm I'm really lucky, and fortunate enough that I have quite a few things on the go, and I think to be good at pitching, I think you do need to put time into it and accept that you know you'll be sending lots of emails and you'll be getting lots of replies that are no's. And at the moment, just because of all my workload, I don't have time to be able to put kind of the dedication into making pitches good and making them, um, sending them at a level that I'd be happy with them. So at the moment, I'm lucky that I. I kind of things tend to come to me and I get approached but if there is something that I'm really excited about or something that I have a good idea for I'll definitely put in the time and try to pitch it and you know make sure it's it's a decent pitch that I, I believe in um and then in terms of like editing work again people tend to come to me if they're looking for an editor um I think being freelance the kind of great thing is that you can jump in quite last minute and you can get things done really quickly and because I'm setting my own time that can be a bonus so in general i just try to be kind of reliable as reliable and kind of um on it as possible and then i find people do come to me for things
0: and this new role you've taken on as a a music program manager can you tell us a bit more about that and are there any sort of transferable skills from your journalism work
2: yeah so um as i said it's it's a quite a new thing Um, Summer Hall is a big uh, arts venue here in Edinburgh and it's a year-round arts venue but it's one of the kind of major venues during the Fringe in particular so I run the music program now um, throughout the year which is really cool but very scary as well Um, and I think the the cool thing is I've been able to stay freelance out of choice so um, even though I've got like a set number of days and times I work there um, I'm still freelance I can do everything else that I want to do um, I think being a journalist the skills definitely have helped me out just because on the one hand there's like the kind of adamant side of things I think I'm quite good at just um organizing my time really well so I've been able to use that for for this role um, and also just in terms of the music journalism having the knowledge in the first place to be able to book bands and artists and so knowing which artists and bands are doing well or which artists and bands people would want to see that's been really helpful um, and then also knowing how to kind of do that really annoying thing of chasing people for information um, whether it's like images or you know editorial about gigs um, and artists you know, it's a very annoying thing that we all have to do as journalists but I, I can do it and it's been really very useful for this role because I have to do that a lot here as well.
1: Yeah that makes complete sense to me that kind of just having no qualms at all about sending out multiple emails and just following people up and chasing and even just reaching out to people in, in the first place. I think that after you've kind of been doing journalism for a while, you just get over any kind of confidence issues that you might have about that. And you just kind of crack on and crack on and do it, don't you? Um, I'm really interested in, Um, you mentioned that championing diversity is really important to you, So can you tell us a bit more about that and what well, I'm interested in also how that's kind of informed the journalism that you've done um, over the years and also advice for us as freelancers, I think, on how we can all do a bit better at that.
2: Yeah, so I think my interest in um, making arts and culture like ex- as accessible as possible has, it's come from wanting to be a journalist as, at a really young age but in Scotland in particular feeling like I couldn't do it because I didn't see anyone like me doing it and I'm really glad that I stuck it out and I you know decided no I like I, I deserve to be here it's fine um, but that it really kind of started with that and I've always been really conscious that I want in Scotland especially the um, young journalists to feel like they really belong here and they should be here um, because of how I felt when I was younger. Um, I think that there's been Lots of really positive changes that have happened in terms of diversity in the industry, and you know people acknowledging that it's something that you you can't ignore. You have to really think about and think about really solidly. And um, I think maybe at one time, like magazines and and publications, etc., it, it, they could kind of get away with not thinking about it too much. But I think everything that happened with COVID and the Black Lives Matter movement. Etc. It's it's really taught everyone that there's just so much work that still needs to be done. Um, like I said before, especially when it comes to encouraging people like me to get involved in the first place. Um, and I think a lot of the kind of pledges that people made to make a difference back in like lockdown period, I, I don't think I've seen enough action personally myself. I think part of the problem is that a lot of the, the power kind of still lies with people that don't want to give up own power if that makes sense or not not give up a portion of their own power to make a significant change Um, and i think that there's some really wonderful people working in 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 journalism in the music industry that really do want to change things and want to see like the landscape more kind of representative of of what it actually is Um, but at the moment i think for me anyway there's a problematic behavior that still constantly goes unnoticed i keep seeing things that are just like you know blatant tokenism for example um, and i think it's easy when you're when you're somebody that's really championing that work and really wanting to push for diversity and accessibility it's really easy to say oh, i'm not i just i don't, don't want to do this have this fight anymore because it's just it's too much and it's too much to have to keep fighting for this and asking the same questions again and again but then i always have to remember how i felt when i was younger and i really really don't want people to feel like that so that's kind of why i keep doing this kind of work and i keep Trying to kind of um make the industry or make uh, the landscape as kind of welcoming as, as possible, um, it's it's a battle for sure, and mm. I don't I don't know what the answer is, but um, I think it's really important that we all collectively try to lift younger journalists who are just starting out up as much as we possibly can, so that they feel like they belong.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and it it, it resonates actually with a guest of ours from a couple of weeks back. Um, who was a woman working in the sort of classic car area, and obviously that's a very male-dominated sphere. And she, you know, she's come across a lot of issues with sexism. Um, so yeah, it it just shows you that you know it, it's in all sort of genres of journalism and obviously all sort of sectors of society. Um, I guess as freelancers though I suppose in a way I don't know what you think but are we in a in a slightly stronger position to push back and to champion because we haven't got that fear of you know what's my boss going to say um do, do you think that's case or does it just make things even more precarious? I think on the one hand yes because you don't have you know you're not stuck but in terms
2: of a contract or whatever but I think I know a lot of freelancers that find it very, very difficult because they're scared that if they say anything, people won't hire them again. And that is a and it's it's ridiculous that that's a fear that we have to have. But it is. And I've seen people online, um, especially, you know, write about how they've been blacklisted because they criticized somebody or something. And that's absolutely not how it should work. We should be feel comfortable calling out bad behavior and calling out things that we see that aren't right. Um, but I I do think that being a freelancer we don't really have the same protections that people might have that are in contracted work so I think it's difficult
1: yeah it's difficult and it's something I mean I've so writing about uh, kind of health and medicine I'm really conscious that everybody ends up going to the kind of same white male middle class doctors for comment on stuff because they're the ones that will pick up the phone and have talked to you a million times before so it's hard it's harder to kind of go the extra mile, find new voices, kind of, it is, it's the harder option, but we should all be doing it, and, like, the more you do it, more it becomes routine, the more your brain goes, oh, that's not right, who I've got code there, that's not, from so many different angles, from, like, different areas of the country, different ages, different, do you know what I mean, it's just everything, Um. so, yeah, I think those of us who are a bit more experienced, and a bit more long in the teeth on this, kind of, should be taking that, Stand to push back to those who feel more um vulnerable. I think, yeah, absolutely.
2: And it's difficult. It's never going to be like an easy thing to do. But like you said, the more we do it, the more normalized it will become.
1: Absolutely. So let's talk about something more positive. What's your favorite part of the job? Because you do so many different things. I wonder if there's something that stands out for you as as been the thing you really enjoy.
2: In terms of um the music journalism side of things. I really love interviewing people, um, and I've been really lucky enough in my career so far to have been able to interview musicians and artists I I really, really respect and love. And it's kind of to do with, I just, I love love hearing people's stories, and then being able to turn that into something that maybe somebody that doesn't know that person can find interesting. Um, And I really love telling stories that relate to um, people that are, or projects that are maybe not as often heard or, or underrepresented, um, and maybe don't get the te- attention that they deserve. That's like my favorite thing to do for sure.
0: Yeah, that's really nice to be able to sort of shine a spotlight on yeah an, a, an individual or a, or a group who are, yeah, perhaps not you know that well known. Um, and with that, you know, if you're interviewing um, musicians and obviously most gigs are at nighttime, Do you find that you're quite nocturnal in your work? And because, you know, most freelancers kind of will work normal-ish, nine to five hours. but What's your kind of working hours like? It really varies, to be honest.
2: Um, But I've always been quite nocturnal just in how I do things, like work and do things anyway. But um, before starting this job at Summerhall, I'd say that I'd be at shows quite regularly just for fun or or for work. But now that curating gigs is part of my job, I'm at shows all the time. And if I wouldn't have it any other way, I love it. Um, and so in the summer hall, there'll usually be a few gigs in a normal week and that will range from, you know, like a small local show to like a huge band that's touring um, all over the country. Um, and yeah, I have, like I said, I have just started, but I'm trying just trying to be as present as possible. So I'm, I'm there all the time and because that is the best way to learn, right? Um, I don't review gigs as much these days as I used to but in the fringe for example I will be reviewing like five six things a day easily um, and that, that ranges from music to comedy to theatre whatever. whatever um, and that's just kind of normal in that month so it's weird that it goes from you know doing the odd review here and there and then a month doing a crazy amount every day.
0: Yeah that sounds intense like that many reviews. <laughs> yeah but it's, that's just the landscape
2: here that's what everyone does I'd say that I do less than probably most journalists because I have the editing side of it to do. So I'm stuck at my desk quite a lot, but um, my my team, my, who are all wonderful, who go out and review things like people do so much. And I'm so impressed.
0: Yeah. no, that's impressive that you can do that many because I do about half a dozen theater reviews a year and each one of those reviews. <laughs> it's like, I've got to start the cogs again and work out kind of, how do I write a review? And some of them can take me ages to do, so I couldn't imagine doing five or six a day. Yeah, I I definitely have cut down
2: on on the amount of reviews in August, but um, there are still members of my team that will do crazy amount, and they'll be up like all night writing reviews and submitting first thing in the morning, and then sleep a bit, and then go out and do it all over again. It's it's mad, but um, yeah, a huge amount of respect for for those journalists that can do that.
1: Yeah, maybe when maybe when you're in the zone a bit more you can just kind of you can just kind of yeah get your writing head on and just be efficient um I mean I guess finally one thing that I'm interested in is if you're trying to make a name for yourself in music journalism how important is it to find something unique something that no one else is talking about or a unique angle on something so when you're doing those interviews for example are you really looking for that kind of standout nobody's ever said this about this band before kind of thing
2: yeah definitely and that that can be very very hard to do because you know especially if it's like a really well-known person they'll have told all their stories they'll they'll be you know the same kind of story written again and again but it's yeah it's about finding like a, maybe an, an angle that's a bit different that sets you apart and I'd always say it's like younger journalists um who are kind of looking for advice on in things like interviews um whatever you do don't exaggerate or um make things up because i've seen that happen before and it never goes down well where you know people will think i'll just exaggerate this because it'll make it stand out more from everything else um and only do that if you're 100 percent sure that it's gonna it's gonna work and it's gonna be okay um but finding a niche in in music journalism i think is always really it's important but i think the only way you can do that is if you try everything if you try to write about as much as you possibly can then you might find your niche and like I said before, just being open to it being a genre that you maybe didn't expect, one that you maybe like listening to, but you didn't expect to actually really enjoy kind of doing deep dives into. Um, that happened with me, with hip hop. I mean, I've, I've grown up loving hip hop so much. And um, I kind of started writing about it kind of seriously when I was at uni. Um, and then it's just become the, the thing that I I love researching and I love writing about more than any other genre. And so I'd I say like in Scotland, people do sometimes come to me for for, you know, hip hop related things, which is great. Um, so I think it's possible to find your niche for sure if you if you just show enough of a passionate interest in it.
0: Yeah, and I love that idea of just like trying everything first. It's like, you know, box of chocolates, you've got to try every single one before you decide on what your favourite is. Um, yeah, that's a, that's a really nice way to look at it. Oh, that's that's a really great place to round off. I think, but just before we go, we'd love to hear from you um, a recommendation of a piece of work by a freelance journalist. So, what's your what's your lookout that we should be going away and reading?
2: Sure. So, there's honestly so many people I could recommend because there are so many wonderful freelance journalists out there that write about music that I love so much. But I'm gonna recommend something by a friend who's a journalist if that's okay. Um her name's Becca Ingalls, um, and she is a fantastic music journalist who writes various things, but she focuses on electronic music in particular, and in particular, actually within that drum and bass. And last month she wrote a really brilliant piece for UKF, which is about um Glasgow's drum and bass scene, and it looks at the history and it looks at where the scene is currently. And if you're interested in learning more about Scottish drum and bass more generally, Becca is absolutely the person to kind of speak to and follow. And yeah, she's just writing some really interesting things about a niche, I guess, that not many other people are writing about.
1: Well, that's a fantastic recommendation. Thanks so much. We will dig out a link and add that in our show notes. so thank you so much Arisa that's been so helpful great great insight into the world of music journalism um, that's it for this episode if you want bonus podcast episodes you can always become a premium newsletter subscriber um, where you get access to an extra weekly newsletter and podcasts uh, every few weeks as part of that as well um, you can find out more about us and all our resources on our website at freelancingforjournalists.com um, we'd also like to say, yeah, sorry, to say, we always try to remember to say a massive shout out to our producer, Maddy Drury, who does a fantastic job putting all this together.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I was just going to say, I will add to the show notes um, that recommendation for Becca Ingalls. I love drum and bass, so I'm going to go away and look that up. Um, and also we were talking about working for free or not working for free earlier so i'll, I'll put a link to an episode um, we did quite a while back discussing that topic um so that'll be in our show notes as well but that's it i think that's everything for this week so thank you so much and we'll be back again soon yep bye for now bye